Okay, hey everybody, how you doing? And welcome to episode number 142 of the John Riley Project. <laughs> and today, back for a second time, my guest today is Catherine Cloward. How are you, Catherine? I'm great. I'm glad to be back. Well, we had a great time. Maybe was it back in October you were here and learned all about your your music and your your books and your performances and your songwriting. I mean, I was just blown away and I was so happy that you were available to join us again. Well, I'm glad I was too. But hey, I got some interesting amounts of time in my schedule with <laughs> with our pandemic. You know, it's like cut down on the amount of time that I have to be at different places and running around. And so mm -hmm. uh, this was this was a, a, a for sure yes, yes. Okay, good. Well, let's before we kind of dive into some of this. Maybe you can sort of reset um, for our audience, for our viewers and listeners. Just give me the short version of your bio. What are you all about? What are the things that you do to make the world a better place? Uh, thanks. Um, well, ultimately, because if we narrow it down, I'm a storyteller. I am um, a writer. I funnel my, you know, I, I share about the way I experience the world through words. So I bring that to life through um, books as well as songs. I'm a songwriter and an author. So I write the Catherine the Grape, will create as well, the Catherine the Grape um, series of books and music. I also have um, four Catherine Cloward albums out right now. So I'm just like this channeling of creative energy of my, of my own. Um, all of which has been put on this on a platform in my company of Candon Unlimited, which is a media company. So I, I founded the company. Uh, it's my, it's uh, I founded my company to basically house my own creative endeavors. And, uh, and now I help other artists as well that are in the same mindset, the same energy flow as me. So Candon Unlimited is all focused on heart-centered mindful media. And um, so I work with some other artists on my label and publish their music. And I've just always had this you know, entrepreneurial mindset. And um, my career has always been in, in entrepreneurial endeavors. And so now I've kind of blended that business entrepreneurial Catherine way of being with, you know, the creativity of, of who I am. And I put all that together. And I just want to, I feel inspired to help people feel good about themselves. Um, I don't feel like I need to insert myself in other people's lives or, you know, I, I feel like I'm, you know, the storytelling aspect of me is like, Hey, this is, this is what has worked for me. And if you can glean some wisdom from that for yourself, or maybe this tool will help you great, but I don't need to be part of your process. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, right. uh, so anyways, I just, I just create and then I put it out. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I do. And I'm a mom. My son, my son Landon is 13 years old. He's my greatest inspiration. So, you know, I'm just being Catherine and, um, and charging forward with everything I do. Well, the thing that I, I love about you is that you are just this dynamo of of um, energy and you're producing so much content across so many different media categories. I mean, how do you keep that energy up so that you're constantly productive? Don't you ever get like writer's block or something? Because I look on your website, I see 
so many blog entries. I see so many books, so, so many songs. I mean, it's just, you're a machine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I will talk about blocks for sure. Cause I think that the, and how I get myself unblocked, because I think a lot of people are challenged in that area. Um, but ultimately what I'd first like to say is how I turned on the valve to receive the flow. So I just, mm. I'm in the flow. And, um, and what I mean by that is, um, I, my experience is that everything that I create, it's like not of me. It just kind of like comes to me. It comes through me, but my, what I've learned in life was that I have tremendous capacity. Like I remember this woman said to me like, 15 years ago. She said, Catherine, you have so much capacity. And I was like, what does that mean? You know, she's like, look at what you do. But I just, I know how to implement things. I'm able to, I'm able to, I'm able to go, I see this as a vision and I'm going to create it. It doesn't mean it's a quick overnight thing. It takes time. But um, I just, I, I had to turn, learn how to turn the valve on of, of being in the flow. And I believe that there's a a universal, that's my son, <laughs> a universal flow uh, that just kind of comes, that's available for all of us. And the, um, and to be able to turn that on, right? And what that for me has been is one, accepting that there is a flow, like going like there's this, like, and you might experience most, most writers, most creatives, you know, most athletes. I mean, there is this energy surge that that you're just in the flow that you are um that you are you're in alignment with your being like mm -hmm. i used to be a runner and i remember like they call it runner's high but really it's just like you're in this flow like you just you just go and so um so it took me a while to get to a place that i'm just constantly allowing that but i had to get rid of blocks in order to allow yes, that yes yes and some of the greatest blocks that we challenge ourselves with or that we put up our own roadblocks in fulfilling our true purpose, our destiny, our daily destiny. You know, some people might call it goals. I mean, sometimes I call them, I mean, I have goals. I have, I have desires for me. I have a vision that I'm manifesting. Um, I think some of the blocks, the blocks that we create uh, first and foremost are self-doubt. We believe that we're not worthy of creating what we think that we, mm. you know, when we're, when we're in the most self-loving place, we're like, I can do that. I can figure this out. Yes. Right. And there's a wonderful quote. I can't remember who it is. I should remember, but like, you know, you wouldn't get, you know, whether you say God or the universe wouldn't give you a dream if you didn't have, uh, maybe it's Walt Disney, I think. Okay. Don't quote me. If you have to, but you wouldn't get the vision if you couldn't create it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, okay. So I firmly believe that. Um, so self doubt, another block that often comes in our lives are the people who are around us. And what I mean by that is sometimes, um, you know, in our, in our, Social circles, uh, we may have people who, who, you know, who, who aren't in the highest level of desire for your highest level. And those people can be tremendous weights in our, in our self-doubt, <laughs> yes. in, in, in our lives. So I make sure that, number one, how I got, how I get over self-doubt is that I had to really learn to love myself, to yes. love 
who Catherine is and what makes Catherine the unique. And all of that came about is like the whole Catherine the Great process. <laughs> and everything that I've created has been part of that journey of loving Catherine. Uh, and so my whole desire in life is to help people ripple that love from the inside out. The this other thing, so- wait, sorry. Uh, go, no, please go ahead. But the, the part about the, um, I think we have to all be very mindful about the energy we surround ourselves with in our lives about who we're around, what are we listening to as music, what type of programs are we watching, because everything has influence, everything kind of, we can absorb everything, you know? So I'm just very mindful about where I spend my time and who I'm around. I mean, obviously it's a little different right now, but I, my greatest relationship um, as far as protectivity and creation is with myself that I have to be in right alignment with myself so that I can allow that to come through so I can create it because there's no, you got to be really, really grounded in your purpose and who you are to be in any type of creative endeavor, any type of entrepreneurial endeavor, because Everybody has an opinion. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, about they what do. you're doing and whether you're going to be able to do it. I've heard it all. And I had to turn off the noise in my life to not, I had to turn off all that noise. And I streamlined into really protecting my energy. And I, and I mean like what I, what I do, what I put into my body, who I'm around. And I think those two things you know, loving ourselves, get over self-doubt, um, being very mindful about who you're around. Those two things are huge in your capacity to, to believe in yourself. And then of course, make sure that you've got like the, you're, you got like, like the Catherine team, right? Like I am friends with people who not that they, I'm not looking for anyone to blow smoke with to me, but people who believe in me, who believe in, believe, who get me. I think the loneliest times in my life have been when I've been around people who just completely don't get me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And whatever's going on with them uh, has, you know, serves to put other people down. And then I would be like, I'm going to be nice and be around everybody. But that was hard for me. So I've had to learn to really make sure that I'm around people who can speak. I can take constructive feedback. I can say I'm wrong. It's a different energy to be around people who can, we can do this together compassionately and lovingly. And so I'm very mindful about who, who are like my, you know, my closest people while I'm making new friends and meeting new people, you know, like that I feel that if I'm putting out a vibration of love and kindness and worthiness and acceptance, that's what I'm going to get back. I mean, this is great advice because it's interesting to think of it as a flow, as like a river of energy. And there's inputs into you, whether it's um, the people around you or the thoughts you have about yourself and the self-doubt and even the things you put into your body can 
create all that confusion and you can create blocks if you don't treat yourself right, if you don't believe in yourself. But once you release those blocks, yeah, the energy flows and then suddenly you're in the zone, right? You're you're yeah. in that productive mode. And when you're in that mode, man, you can conquer the world, right? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it's I have this really great friend, Jenny. Um, I've, I have some wonderful women in my life. My friend Jenny has been like my my person for the last eleven years. To she knows everything I'm creating. You know, like I, I you and I've talked before. Like I don't tell every I don't I don't open it up. That's the other thing about be what you're doing is don't open it up for everyone's opinion. Like don't right. tell people what you're doing because then you're muddying the water of the flow. Then mm. their energy's part of it. Right. But I run a lot of my ideas by my friend Jenny. She helps me create some, you know, she helps me develop ideas. She's mm-hmm. had some of it's been her ideas that help create, you know, the con some of the concepts that I have in my cast on the great books. I give her all the, you know, accolades that are appropriate. But she um, you know, she she's like a, you can do it for me. And she never tires of that. And I'm that for her too. And I think it's really, really important, you know? And I remember when I was in some personal, as I was, but this is a process, John. And I think a lot of times people think it's like a switch. Like you're like, okay, I, I've turned it on and now I'm in the flow. Well, it's a constant, it's a constant leveling up. I think for us to, to, to have greater capacity, we have to, uh, you know, we, we have to make those changes. So I know years ago, um, you know, I would like, I don't drink very much alcohol at all anymore. I don't have any desire, but years ago I used to love to get together with my friends and drink wine, you know, Mm -hmm. and one glass of wine, I could do it. But by that second one, I was just in a different, I was in a different state of mind. Mm -hmm. And, I wasn't proud of things I would say. And I just, I just didn't like that. But, and I had to learn like almost like my body chemistry was changing as I was doing more pure work on the planet was I was experiencing. So I was, as I would want, as I had to represent all of me all the time. And so um, I just couldn't do it anymore. My body couldn't take it anymore. And so I'm not saying there's anything wrong with alcohol or anything like that. Some people, love cannabis. I don't smoke marijuana or do cannabis. Like, that's not me. I've never, I haven't, mm-hmm. you know, not in like 25 years, you know, and I, 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 it's just not me. And everybody knows me. It's not me, but I don't have any judgment about it. It's just, I like to keep my, I like to keep like clear because that's when I know, you know, I, I create most in the morning. So I want to get a good night's sleep so I can wake up in the morning and be like, oh, what are we creating today? What are we doing today? But yeah, I'm just like a constant, I yes. constantly have like projects going and it's all in the same flow of what good is this going to do on the planet? I, I'm always thinking like, what good is this, is this going to do? What, what are we creating that's good? What am I, what, what can, how can I help people? And, um, that's my intention is if it feels good, I just put this in one of my Catherine the Grape songs, follow the feel good flow. Don't worry. Just let it go. You know, Ooh, I'd like so, that. and I have a song called in the flow. So I put that on one of my Catherine Cloward albums as well as the Catherine the Grape album. So, okay, you know, I'm this that in the up. flow concept is something I've been sharing for a number of years. It's one of my, it's in one of my Catherine the Grape books. So, yeah, I mean, and I think that's what people need to like how to get in the flow. What is that? You know it when you are <laughs> yes. and you know, right, John? Yeah. 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 You know it. 
So it's the feeling. Everything comes in life comes down to a feeling, right? So that feeling that you have when you are in that flow, that's where you want to be. That's where you want to get back to. So you have to remember the feeling. Everything mm-hmm. about life comes down to feelings. I know, you know, it's funny, like, you know, in business now, all of a sudden, everything's about like emotional intelligence, know your feelings and all this. But like, that's ultimately, that that's true, right? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. for us to be, to, like to, to, and that's what I teach children. I teach children emotional intelligence, but not in that, in that corporate world way. You know, I just help people identify in their, in their being of how it, how does it feel? And I didn't have those tools myself to be able to teach them until I acquired those tools for myself. Right. <laughs> and I learned that, you know, over the past 11 years. And, you know, the first person who really inspired this through me was this woman named Dr. Drew Bogdanoff. She was my therapist like 11 years ago. I was like, okay, I'm totally living the life. I've achieved all these things. And I look like I'm living the life that everybody we're supposed to want. And, um, and I just was like completely out of integrity with myself and I just, well, not completely certain aspects and, um, everything just fell apart. And, um, and I, with a nice sledgehammer swing of my, <laughs> of my own sledgehammer, mm-hmm. but I just wasn't happy with who I, who I was being because I was trying to be everything to everybody. Oh, yeah. And the ultimate yeah. is that I wasn't being what Catherine needed. Mm. And I think a lot of people are struggle struggle with that is that our energy flow goes out to all these different places, all these different commitments, other people. And to actually go like, hey, I need to I need to unplug from those commitments. I need to unplug from the, some of those relationships. <laughs> And it could be temporarily, but we need to know how things feel for us. So Dr. Drew, she taught me, she taught me how to identify how things feel in my body. It's called somatic experiencing. So if you want to look it up, it's called uh, some, lots of different people use this technique. She taught it to me, but she would, so when I would, let's say be agitated, right. Something was frustrating to me. I've got big Mm -hmm. passion. So it's big passion over here and it's big passion. over here. But if something hurt me or frustrated me, she'd be like, where do you feel that in your body? And I was like, mm. what? Because, you know, we get so we get so wrapped up yeah. in our dramas and the things that with the story. But really what it comes down to is how does that feel? You know, oftentimes we're just anger, as we know, masks hurt. So we're, we're, we're hurting. Or, hey, how does it to help our children understand about their intuition? We have to understand that. So how do we know what the feel good flow is? We have to know where that how that feels in our body. Mm-hmm. So literally every single decision I make in life business and then, you know, my personal life, everything is about, does this feel good? Like, do I feel good about myself around this person? I trust my intuition beyond, beyond anything. And so if there's any tool for any of us to acquire is to, is really about like the, is, is to acquire the awareness for ourselves of what, of what our intuition, what our, uh, inner being is telling us it's our God-given gift. That's our own GPS. You know, people give all these different metaphors for it, but that alone is the most priceless treasure that we all have. And mm-hmm. it is a constantly telling us, yes, this, 
right? Yes, this. Well, this is who like you our, are. It's like our spidey senses, you know, our intuition talks to us, but sometimes our mind will talk us out of it, you know, uh, we'll rationalize our way out of it and not trust what our inner being is telling ourselves. And you, I can I can have just an amazing battle inside my head going through this process. But I think if I love myself more, I'll be able to trust myself more and then maybe have better outcomes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I only say that because I've lived both sides of that. Like my, my whole journey has been that, right? Is going, yeah. okay, how do I trust fully, you know? And, mm -hmm. and it's not a, a lot of people, and I can say this in business, like a lot of people in business and in dream seeking and dream catching and goal setting, you, you know, fill in the blank. We'll go, well, is it going to, is it going to work? You know, am I going to be successful? Is it going to hit right now? Everybody wants to be viral. I don't mm -hmm. care about, I don't care about that stuff. I'm like, if it feels like I'm supposed to do it, I do it. And then everything else gets figured out. We mm -hmm. get, so when we get wrapped in our head of, gosh, this feels so good. I totally want to go after this. And then you know, our ego mind goes, you're not good enough, you know, whatever. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, what just happened to what just happened? Right. Right. So the goal is to go, okay. You know, our ego mind is part of our being. We all, it's actually, you know, the yin and yang of our, of our existence, mm -hmm. but to go, okay, what are you teaching me right now about this? I'm going to put that aside and keep going. And so if we can, if we follow the flow and trust, and I have, my journey is a journey of complete and utter trust and surrender. And surrender to this process of knowing that it's going to come and I'm going to figure it out. It's going to come. I'm going to create and I'm going to figure it out. And not just of me. It's like th that's part of the whole process. And um, I know that, you know, and I can only say you only you only can do it by doing it. Like, I can't tell you, like, I, I use the metaphor now a lot of hiking the mountain. I, I, uh, like in San Diego County, we have lots of wonderful places to hike. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, um, I grew up in my houses were by Cowles mountain or Coles mountain, whatever you want to call it. Right. And a lot of people want to teach you about hiking the mountain. I'm going to tell you all the tools to hike the mountain and you're going to, I'm going to show you how to hike the mountain. And this is the gear to hike the mountain. Right. Like, you know, people want to be coaches. I'm going to coach you up the mountain. I'm going to show you all this stuff about the mountain. And, um, but I, when what I've learned about myself <laughs> is I just hike the mountain. I'm just, mm. I just go on these hikes up the mountain, right? I go on this journey of my life and on my journey, I'm learning about different things on the hike. I'm seeing new perspectives as the higher and higher and higher I get, right? Somebody at the bottom of the mountain can't tell you what it feels like to stand at the top of the peak and look out and go, wow, I hiked to the top of the mountain and mm -hmm. this is how I feel about myself. So I've learned that I don't want to coach you on hiking the mountain. I may not even want to hike the mountain with you. <laughs> I'm going to keep hiking the mountain and I'm going to share what I learned on that process. And maybe, maybe John will say, I want to hike that mountain too. Because I wonder what I'm going to discover about me on my journey. 
So and this that's is the part. Ulti- uh, this that's is the ultimately part what me. I do now. That this is where you're not inserting yourself in someone's life, right? Yes. You're you're just you doing you, and then being an example for those around you. Yes. And quite transparently, so too. Right. And this is this is a reckoning that I've come to, John, over the last number of years is, you know, like, okay, since even since the last time you and I like really emailed or like a week, I I have uh, I have learned that what what uniquely makes sense to me, like like I. There's lots of people go, you got to be here. You got to be on this social network. You got to be doing this. You got to be doing this. You got to be doing this. Right. Mm-hmm. And I found myself completely spread out. And oh, the yeah. thing was, is so many of these things are my true nature. I, I am a, I, in many ways, I'm a very private person, but I share about my journey in a way that feels safe and unexposed, you know, keep, keeps my son and I safe. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say it any other way. Yeah, sure. Um, but I have learned over the years, like, I don't want to be, I like, you know, I like speaking at conferences or, or whatever. Cause I can flutter in, I share my, I share and then I flutter out. <laughs> right I don't want to do weekly. I don't want to be a coach. There's all these, all these things over the years that I've kind of gone, I could do that. And I have done that. I used to consult and do all that stuff. But the thing is, is it's not where my true nature is. Mm-hmm. And and I had to learn, I think a lot of people, us, what we're good at, like we can do it, but does it fill us up? Mm. Right. And that's, I think a lot of times people find themselves going, well, I should be doing this because, you know, to be successful, we're, it needs to look this way. And I'm going delete, delete, get off, deactivate. I just want to narrow it down. And, um, and that's me being more mindful about me and, and discovering the awareness of myself that I don't want to be in someone else's story. I just want to kind of like be Catherine. And if somebody said, like when somebody says to me, Catherine, because you did this one thing or because you shared this one thing and inspired me in this way, to me, that's like, that's so rad. It doesn't make me go like, I'm so great. I'm so great. It makes me go. I'm so, I'm so glad. Like I, I want everyone to, we can all, there's, there's plenty of sand in the sandbox for us all to play and we can all elevate together. And so, um, I'm a cheerleader for other people. I want people to succeed. I want to hear about those wonderful things. I want, I want, and when I say succeed, I want people to feel good about themselves and succeed. Success is often about you achieving the desired goal that you desire, you know, the fulfillment of a desired goal, you know, and sometimes we have, what I found with myself years ago is I bought into the, the vision of what success was, but I, I, I didn't feel fulfilled. Mm. And so for me, success is fulfillment. So when I, like, when I have like a crazy in the flow, Catherine day, <laughs> it's like, I'm firing on all rockets. Like I'll go to bed, John, I'll like be in bed at like seven 30, just done, you know? And but I can put my head down and go, that was a rad day. I feel fulfilled. Right on. And no one's going to see that probably for like two years, but <laughs> you know, and that's what I want for people. The feeling of fulfillment is success and everything else is like, you know, sprinkles on top of the cake, at least to me. And I, I, I want, 
and if we, if we're in a place of going like, I want to feel fulfilled, I want to feel good about myself. The, the intention of what we do is shifts. And then we're in that flow. This is, I mean, you're such an inspiration because how many people are working in jobs that they don't really like? They come home from work and it's just that it's not, they're not fulfilled, but they still cling to it because that's where their money's coming from. They feel like they got to stick with it. You threw all that away and you said, I'm going to live my life according to my values. And now you have congruence between what you do and what your values are, you're walking the walk, you're fulfilling your your story, and you're helping other people do the same. So this it's incredible what you're doing. Um, I think oh, it takes a lot of bravery for some of us as adults, especially if we're middle-aged, you know, making that leap, you know, to exit what they're doing now and to, to discover who they really are. Yes. This is awesome. Oh, thank you. Well, and if you're, if you're breathing, you have time. Mm-hmm. If you're breathing, you have time. You know, I think um, what you just said, John, I think a lot of people feel that way of going, hey, I have these dreams and these desires, but I'm X, Y, Z, you know, I'm X amount of years old and I've got these mounting responsibilities that aren't going away. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem like I can do it. And I've been there. I lived that. I was that. And and it's a process, you know, and I think that it, there's it's never too late. No, it's not. You're right. You know, Wayne Dyer, Wayne Dyer is one of his most famous or just most probably one of his greatest quotes was don't let the music die inside of you. Mm. Nice. And that has always resonated with me, you know, and the thing was, is I, I had this still small voice inside of me who was always reminding me of who Catherine is and always has been. Mm-hmm. But I had, I had turned the volume down on myself and allowed the noise of the world to help frame who I was. Mm-hmm. And the, and, and, and the noise of the world is also the people who were closest to me, yes. right? Yes, very much A lot so. of times, you know, not anything malicious. It's just, you know, we're attracted, you know, in our life, we have people around us who, you know, who we care about, who kind of are like, well, you're this or you're not that. And then we're like, okay, <laughs> am I this? Am I that? You know, <laughs> or... Hey, okay. So, you know, we've been spoon fed this concept since we were kids. Like this is the way, you know, life is supposed to be. And this is what it's supposed to look like, you know? And, um, so I did those things, (laughs) but all I ever really wanted to do was to be a songwriter. I just wanted like these words that were like always coming to my head, these words and melodies, they just arrive in my, in my mind. Mm Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to do that, but I didn't believe in myself. So I blocked myself from even attempting that dream over and over. I tried a few times, but I blocked myself for decades, <laughs> yes. decades. I understand that. Mm-hmm. And I was frustrated with myself, but I didn't know how to get off the treadmill, you know, right. huge mortgage, you know, just huge, huge life expenses. Yes. And and this, this, um, 
it was a lot to, to change, but it didn't happen overnight. There was, it was a process. So whenever I'm talking to entrepreneurs or people who are like, Hey, I'm in this job, but I have this idea and I want like, when do you know to take the leap? And I'm like, it's a process. Oftentimes you have to have multiple things going on at the same time before you, before you jump off, Mm -hmm. you cut the cord to what is the, the, um, more stable option. Right. But life is about risk. (laughs) You know, it is is so much about risk. I mean, not everybody is risky. I'm very risky. You know, I am risky in all aspects. You know, even just like, here's my heart. Let me tell you how I feel. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And hey, that's where I've gotten so many of my songs, you know, like, here's my heart. And then like, (laughs) boom, I've got like two new albums, you know. But I think that, um, you know, it hasn't been an easy journey for me, but it's been so worth it. And I, you know, my five, my seventh book in the Catherine the Grape affirmation series is called Catherine the Grape's Joyful Adventure. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't write that story. I couldn't write that about living this joyful adventure of life until I fully stepped into the joy of my own life to go, this is fun. This is fun. And working is fun for me. I love working. I love creating, you know, there isn't a separation between what I do and who I am anymore. It's like all, you know, I was just explaining this to my son yesterday, you know, about like, it's all connected. It's all, you know, so And that's what I want. I think that there are people who feel the disconnect, like when you would say they're incongruent. Yes. And so the the hope is that we can align with our inner being. That's the whole point of my shine, shine, shines. The whole point of so much of what I do is about the alignment of our true colors, our truth of who we are. Mm -hmm. So so I, so if you go, I want that. Like, I know there, there was people in my journey where I was like, they have something in them that I know I have. I just, I need to uncover it. Right. And that's the value of storytelling, John. It's the value of this program that you have, this podcast you have. It's the value in hearing other people's stories because because when you hear other people's stories, you we're inspired to go, huh, that's me too. Okay. And then it's like supercharges us or it goes, I don't know enough about that, but I want to find out about that. I'm so glad I heard that person share that. Or, wow, she went through struggles too. I had no idea, mm. you know? And so the more, the more comfortable I've gotten with myself, the more available, I feel to be transparent. And, um, and I mean, I'm pretty darn transparent, but there's still pieces (laughs) of me that, you know, aren't completely like exposed. And, um, and that's been this, that's a process too, you know, because true authenticity, you know, is, is, you know, fully vulnerable. And, um, but there's nothing I want more than to just be me you know, and go after what I desire, what I feel I'm supposed to, where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing. It's supposed to, and the supposed to, I got to clarify, isn't anything out there. It's inside. Like, Mm. gosh, if I don't do this, if I don't take this chance, I don't make this phone call. I don't try for that. I will never know. Right. And that never knowing 
is soul crushing. Mm -hmm. So I would rather fall on my face in trying than never try and never know. Mm. So let's switch gears just for a minute. Talk about something you're working on now, the the Michelle Hopkins project. I mean, I, I learned about this. I think this is a really special story. Can you share that with us? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so um, okay, so Michelle Hopkins is well. She's sixteen now. Mm-hmm. So Michelle Hopkins is. I met her through the work I did originally with the National MPS Society um, back in two thousand eighteen, the beginning of two thousand eighteen. Mm-hmm. My friend Fran, um, who I've known. I worked with her my first career job like 22 years ago, and we've been friends ever since. Most people I worked with in that first career job were all still connected. It's just so beautiful. But Fran got in touch with me, and she's an ultimate connector. And she's like, hey, (laughs) do you want to help with this thing? Actually, she had more of a – she had a better sales pitch for me, actually. She's like, do you want Catherine the Grape to go global? She goes (laughs) – she, like, pitched me. She's like, there's this international symposium in San Diego to help these kids and – Blah, blah. And so, of course, I was like, oh, it's helping kids with rare diseases. Catherine's in. You know, and so, um, so anyways, I got in touch with uh, Fran's good friend is is Michelle's mom, Lynn Hopkins. And so Lynn and I talked and Lynn is on the board of the National MPS Society. She and her husband, um, Scott R. And so she just shared her heart with me. And I was like, oh, I'm in, you know, what do you guys need me to do? And then, um, and they wanted me to kind of first entertain. And then uh, that kind of grew and in the level of what I was doing. And I talked to a few different people within that organization. Next thing you know, I wrote the song Heroes and, um, and had the people who I was performing with at the time, we got in the studio, we recorded the song. And I had Michelle uh, sing lead for the youth version. So I recorded two versions of Heroes, one for the Catherine Cloward platform and then one for the Catherine the Great platform. But I had Michelle sing lead. Now, mind you, I hadn't met, I met Michelle on like a Thursday afternoon. She was down from Long Beach at her grandma's house. I went over there. We chatted. And like spontaneously, I said, do you want to sing lead? She was already going to come and sing backup with the other kids in, in, in the studio mm-hmm. or the teens and kids. And I said, do you want to sing lead on this song? And she's just like, okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the things I love about Michelle. She's just like, okay. So she sang lead on the song. And then we shot a, a video of it. And both my version of the song and then the music video ended up on the um, – Grammy ballot last year, which is pretty darn rad. That's awesome. Yeah. For a song that is purposed to help shine a light on uh, rare diseases. So Michelle, what MPS is, is it's a rare disease that uh, you're missing these enzymes that break down the sugars in your body. And without that, it can cause a lot of health problems. And so it's incurable. Mm -hmm. So the whole point of everything that we were doing is to help shine a light on people with MPS and ML, and then also all rare diseases because they need, they need the government to funnel money to research, Mm -hmm. to find a cure, simple cures, save lives. Mm -hmm. So we had this fun, we did all this fun stuff with the project. And then, um, and Michelle loves to sing. And so I actually one day woke up with this like message, which is how a lot of things happened for me. I just woke up and my first thought was you need to write, Michelle needs to have an album. You need to write like, I don't remember exactly what the words of the message were, but like, 
you know, you need to write an album with Michelle for Michelle. Michelle needs to get out and people need to hear her, her story. And so I was like, huh, that's okay. And so I got in touch with her parents and I was like, okay, this is how I'm feeling. What do you guys think? And of course, Michelle was like, yeah, 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 right. (laughs) So we just like all got on board with this project and, um, and it's been this beautiful evolving project of bringing the stories of Michelle's heart to life. And this is the first real, uh, focus project where I'm writing songs with somebody else for their story. Right. And Mm -hmm. so she lives in long beach. I would go up and hang out with her at her home and she and I would just be like two. I mean, I'm in my forties, but like I can be like a teenager. (laughs) We would just like chat and hang out and write songs together. Um, Some of those songs that came through um, pretty heavy, like rare, unique me. And so, uh, so I drive home and just deep thought, but I just know I'm on purpose, like Mm -hmm. helping her story be shared. And, um, and so it's just been this beautiful evolving process. So we, in the fall, Michelle's debut, Michelle Hopkins album is coming out called Have Hope. Um, it has, it's going to be wonderful. There's some really upbeat songs, some very thought provoking songs, um, and then I brought together, um, like a band of musicians, uh, who've been part of my Catherine Cloward band, the Catherine Cloward and the Royals band and a few other players. And I brought them in and they arranged their parts for those songs. So, and they all get credit on the songs as, um, with ASCAP. So it's just a wonderful process. So it's been this beautiful rising up of Michelle's story and, um, and her story matters. And more than anything, why why this album matters, why Michelle's story matters is because she, you know, she is, she's an advocate in and of herself. You know, you don't have to be, you, you, we've seen over and over and over again, teenagers, young people whose voices have the power to activate transformation in people's hearts and lives. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, the desire for me is I want Michelle's story. I want, I know that Michelle's humility and her perseverance and the process of what she's gone through in this life, (laughs) the amount of surgeries, everything she's gone through to have this positive can do determined attitude she has the the inner power to help activate people to to shine their own light in goodness and um that's coming soon so i'm really proud of this project it's the first full album of somebody else's i've produced you know co-wrote so and have a great team i'm just we worked with alan sanderson here in San Diego, um, a Grammy award-winning engineer. And we worked at a studio and I'm just really proud of my team. And, and I'm really close with the family. You know, I was just like texting with Michelle's mom today about all these things we're doing on her website. And like, what do you think about this? And, you know, it's just been this whole process. So, you know, when we are in alignment with ourselves, why the story matters, I guess, in this interview is, you know, I saw a quote one time where it said, you know, when you, when you're on purpose, like 
when you do what you love to do and you help other people, you're living your purpose. Mm. And that's, that's the feel good flow I'm always going for. This is a feel good flow. Yes, yes, yes. And, um, and nothing I do is for fame or fortune. It's for fulfillment. And this has been a fulfilling process. And, and I can't wait for you to hear the songs. They're, I'm they're, looking forward to it. I is fantastic because you're, you, it's almost like, um, she's the embodiment of a lot of the, a lot of the, um, uh, the messages that you share in your music, and then you get to channel it through her as well um, as you're because you're writing the lyrics and the music for this. Right. For yeah. I mean, we were we. Um, yes. I mean, so as far as like, you know, she said we sat together so I could get her story and, you know, some of and she helped write the lyrics, you know, but ultimately like the the whole aspect of the song, the lyrics, the melody and the music, obviously, you know, I wrote the core of that. Um, and then Michelle's, you know, Michelle's 16 and I tend to have more of like a, you know, Americana country voice. So I brought uh, Megan uh, Wynn, who is part of my band and she she's a great musician, keyboardist, vocalist, and she works with a bunch of other people. I um, empowered Megan to help array uh, like help work with the vocals so that they'd work with Michelle's vocals. So wow. so what was really exciting is is for me and then I brought in. Uh, David played bass and David Stone. Played, well, I could go over everybody. David and Leo and Cedric came in and all worked their parts. But why I share that is, is I'm proud of myself to say this. Yes. Is I'm proud of myself that that I that I my my instinct of who to who were the right people to work with, and that it, it was not about me. It's about what is the best thing to lift the music up, to lift Michelle up. What's going to make, what's going to help Michelle feel empowered. Mm. And so we, we did all these things that were Michelle focused and um, you know, Michelle has her own unique story and that's and to draw that out of her. And obviously there's some, obviously my energy's on it because you know, it's, I'm this, I'm, part of it but the the key of any storyteller is to is to extract the feelings and the essence of the other person as as the conduit is the vehicle in which allows their story to come through mm-hmm. so i really cared about knowing how she felt about things one of the songs that has everybody in tears when they hear it, when we recorded it, because we had our whole family come to the studio. It was this whole thing, her grandparents. It was just so beautiful. But um, Michelle's, the pro- her brother is Christopher. He just graduated from high school like last week. And Christopher uh, doesn't have MPS. MPS is a, um, a genetic disease or a, a genetic, genetic rare disease. Both it, it has to come through. You both have to be carriers, the parents. Christopher didn't get it. Hmm. But Christopher was at four years old and Michelle was 20 months old. He was her bone marrow transplant. He gave his bone marrow to his daughter. So he went through this process, the transplant process for his, for his sister. Wow. And he's just... The whole family's amazing, but Christopher's just this amazing young man, and his heart is so huge. And Michelle, their relationship is beautiful. So I wanted to write a song 
about Christopher. And so we wrote a song called He'd Do Anything For Me. And it's wow. just so beautiful. And and while it's about her brother, it's a song that I think any it, it can it's gonna resonate with so many people because you know they're and it references her brother in the song, but to have that feeling of that he'd do anything for me. And that's the truth. And um anyways, I wanted to shine a light on that because um and it's one of her favorite songs, so I can't wait to share it. You know, that self, that selfless love, um, that, is a, that is a flow that is yes, never is. ending. Love is transcendent. Wow. I'm looking forward to that. So that's going to come out in the fall. So yes. I'll be looking so because of coronavirus, I mean, we, we actually were originally going to come out with it in June. We had, we had a bunch of live dates for her to perform and everything with the band. Um, but you know, <laughs> yeah, everything kind of got mm-hmm. shifted now, which is good because, and so we, um, we've just, you know, every, most of the process is done. There's a few more pieces, but yeah, most likely we haven't set the exact date yet, but for sure in the fall. And, um, and she's excited. She's definitely excited. And she, she has something to say and she's ready to say it. So, right on. Well, speaking of like ready to say it, you were just featured in Guitar Girl magazine. Yes. So tell me about this. This is uh, this is cool. I want to learn more. That's about so it. rad. Okay. So, um, okay. Well, I'll tell you how that came about because I like to tell a good story because these stories yes. always are about like how you how we connect with each other. That every mm-hmm. so I um, there's a na- Guitar Girl magazine is uh, owned and published by a woman named. Uh, Tara Lowe. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. So I met her at the She Rock, She Rocks Awards uh, in January that take place during the NAM show. So mm-hmm. NAM happens in California and Anaheim every January. Mm-hmm. So I, um, I like to go and uh, it's a great place to be inspired. Sure. So this is the first year I went to the She Rock Awards, and um, and that was rad. Like Gloria Gaynor saying, "I oh, was about." I mean, it was just <laughs> so rad. It was super inspiring. Um, a lot of wonderful, powerful women storytellers, musicians who who are just living their truth and living their dreams, and letting all women know of any age there's space in the music industry for us because as an industry, the music industry, um, there's space for women and we need to see other women doing these key roles, engineering records, producing records, you know, uh, playing all the instruments. And, um, and I work with a lot of men. I love working with men. Um, but I also, I love that we have, uh, insightful, capable women who are lifting up other women so that we can say, I can do that too. So we're waiting for our lift to get back, uh, after, after, um, after the awards and down walks, uh, Tara and her husband for their lift. And so, uh, we're all just hanging out there waiting for our car. And I introduced myself to her. I just said, and I and she had given a beautiful speech, and when she she got an award that night, and um, and I just 
talk to her about her speech and and uh, and we just chatted. And we chatted about how our feet hurt in our heels. <laughs> so <laughs> right. so Tara and I just chatted and I told her about Catherine the Grape at that time. And, um, and so we exchanged, like, we just kind of bonded just, nice. you know, and this is the way, this is the way opportunities are for, this is like, we bonded just, I wasn't trying to pitch her on anything. I was just like, Hey, you were inspiring. And my feet hurt too. And yeah, I write these kids books and kids music and do all yeah. you know, and like you just talk, talks about right. being moms. Mm. And so, uh, then she and I got um, in touch with each other later and she wanted to do a feature article on me and her spring, her spring uh, magazine. And so she and I just got on a phone conversation and just chatted. And then she's like, Catherine, I'd love for you to write. I'd love for, you know, I'd love for you to write some motivational stuff from my magazine. Like, would you be willing to write an article for me? You know, nice. cause what you, these, these, you know, tools, this would be really helpful. Like the business side of things. And I was like, yeah, that's like definitely in my wheelhouse. And, um, and then I said, you know, she publishes every quarter. And so I was like, I'll just do it. I'll, I'll do it every quarter. And so she's like, okay, okay, okay. And so, you know, it's just, so I've been, fe- I'm featured in a magazine and then I just came out, I write articles for her and which is just super fun for me. And so I just, um, and helpful. I mean, the, her magazine is gorgeous. It's high quality. I mean, she, she pours, she's got wonderful sponsors. The magazine is more like a, you know, it's like a mini book actually. So it comes out digital as well as online. And the article that I just was featured with is called Map Out Your Goals. And I give a nice little story about how um, marathon running 21 years ago, 22 years ago, this process of this map to map out my goal to finish a marathon is the same concept that I use now for any type of goal achievement I have. It's how I finish my books. It's how I do what I do is this concept of mapping out my goals. So, you know, and, and she and I have a wonderful, you know, kinship and, you know, oftentimes I think that, you know, in this time, in this day and age, I'm going to say this is, you know, people, I keep, I always hear people like, you got to have your elevator pitch and you're this and you're that. And, blah, blah. and like, honestly, I just want to like, <laughs> you know, it's not where I'm at and I don't have to be there. <laughs> I think that every single thing I've ever done in business has started with a solid relationship that I've built with somebody that we like each other. Right. Right. People don't do business. People do business with people they like. Right. I learned that like in sales 101, you know, <laughs> but you can't, you have to learn to care about people. You know, you got to not learn. You got to learn that caring about people and what they do is what matters, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and then, and people resonate with, with that authentic spirit. So when you're in alignment, when your needs and their needs are in alignment, your goals and their goals are in alignment, then you develop long-term sustainable business relationships that are also right. friendships. Right. That's uh, the very definition of a win-win outcome, right? Yeah. Um, so here, just take a little crazy tangent here. Um, the magazine is called Guitar Girl. Is there a female guitarist that you're inspired by that you look up to? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, yeah, well, I think, okay. <laughs> Ultimately, okay, I, the the woman that I always looked up to from the time I was a teenager 
was Winona. Uh-huh. So Winona was the definition of badass to me. Right. Can I say that yes. on your show? Okay. I can. You can't. You don't exit me. But, oh, my gosh. So I... I, you know, my, my music has a, quite a bit of Americana sound. I'm crossing into a little bit more pop sound cause I'm evolving too. But, um, <laughs> I, I, my, one of my brothers introduced me to country music when I was like 11 and I loved country music at that time. Like I'd been kind of like go, go's Pat Benatar, any female led band mm-hmm. at that point of my life. And then when I got introduced to country music, I was like, oh, I can understand the lyrics and there's stories here. And that was right about the time where female entertainers um, and performers were on more becoming more of a rise. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the and the Judds before the solo female artists of the of the early 90s became a big thing, like the Faith Hills and the Trisha Yearwoods, mm-hmm. the Judds you know, the Judd's mother and daughter, they were dominating in country music Yeah, huge. in the boys club. Right. They were killing it. But Winona had this black acoustic guitar that she performed with. Mm. And I just loved her. She had all this attitude. I loved, I just loved, I just idolized her. So the first guitar I bought myself when I was 19 was this black acoustic guitar that I don't even know what the brand was. I just wanted the same guitar that she had or like the same looking. Right. But I've always looked up to her and I've met her twice. I even, I, okay, listen to this. So I met her twice. Uh, The first time I met her was when I was like 20. And then I met her again, like she played the belly up in San Diego. And one of my friends hooked me up to get the pass to meet her. Mm-hmm. And then no joke, like a few years ago, I was in Vegas to see them. I was at a songwriter conference and happened the Judds were playing there. My cousin was in town with me and we went to go see um, one of those Cirque de Soleil shows. Mm-hmm. And no, so we saw the Judds, we saw Why Not perform the night before. And then we, and then we're going to the Cirque de Soleil, the Cirque show. And there's, her husband, Cactus Mosier, and their whole band. And I was, she wasn't there. And I was like, oh, my God, there's the whole band. So I went up and um, and said, you guys were so great last night. You know, yeah. I, I fangirled out. And then, um, and then afterwards, they were standing there. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go do it again. So I went right up to Cactus, her husband, and gave him my business card and said, I look up to Winona. If you guys ever need somebody to open for you, here's my card. Right. Yeah. Good for you. I totally did. And I was like, and he goes, and he, and he says, I said, look, I'll never perhaps have this chance again. So I just want to tell you, I, I look up to Winona. I would love to open for you. So here's my card or whatever Mm -hmm. I said. And he just looked at me and shook his head and he said, well played. Yeah. And I said, thanks. And then I just walked away. But I was so proud of myself. That was like this moment, you know, just mm-hmm. so I haven't opened for them yet. But hey, I'm still breathing. So. Right. Well, there you go. I mean, you, you let your your intuition, you, there was the flow was there and you didn't create a block. You just went right for it. I think <laughs> and my cousin, like my cousin and I were standing over here and then I was like, hold on. And then I just like walked over and he's like, oh, my gosh, Catherine, because it's yeah. just like he's like, he's like, he's just like, of course, you just went <laughs> over to them and said that. <laughs> Tell me um, about your song, Ripple Love. This is one okay. I've seen online. Yes. 
Well, I wrote Ripple Love talking about the flow. Mm. Um, I wrote Ripple Love. Let me think of when I wrote that song in uh, December. What? December 2015. Okay. Or maybe it was do that. Whatever. I, I wrote it right before I went into. Yeah, it would have been December 2015. Right before I went into the studio to um, record my next Catherine Cloward albums. The ones that that came out in 2017 and um, the, the concept of that song, I had them, I had the first two lines of that song were just running in my head for a while. Walking around wounded, so many in pain, like that concept that so many people walking around wounded. And my vision was always, whenever I do a video for it, the vision I always had was a man walking downtown in a suit with a briefcase, right? Mm. Because, because it isn't necessarily the scene, you know, the perception that many people carry pain. We just don't know it. Men, women, children, all nationalities, all walks of life, our pain that we carry, uh, is is often unseen and unheard. Right. So that con- so that song started coming to me um, pretty aggressively, and then I was on the walk. I was on a walk one day, and um, it just came really strong. And my son and I were living kind of in the Mission Valley area, and in fact, we were driving through Mission Valley the other day. And I and I lit- it's weird you're asking me about this today because I literally said, Landon, this is where this is the road I walked when I wrote Ripple. That's so weird you're saying this today. Now I'm putting all these pieces together. <laughs> but I was like, Landon, this is where I wrote Ripple Love right, on this walk, and then and. So you're bringing it up today. But then I ran home because the, I didn't have my phone on me. Usually I have my phone on me and I could voice record it, mm-hmm. but I didn't have my phone on me that day. So I like, well, I jogged. Let's be clear. I don't run anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like hustled myself home. <laughs> and, um, and that song came to me like in 20 minutes, the rest awesome. of the song. But ultimately, and then my good friend, Barry uh, Rosenbaum, he helped write the music for that song. So that day we had had a rehearsal in a rehearsal studio and I met up with him and I was like, dude, I just wrote a song. And he's like, and um, he's like, I want to help you write the music. And I was like, all right. And, and he did, he was really proud. He's really proud of that, of the music he wrote with me on that. And um, Barry, Barry passed before that song actually came out. Oh, Speaking of somebody walking around with a lot of pain mm. that he hid, but um, but uh, I gave I I made sure that his children have the songwriting credits on that song that he would have, so they share that with me. But the concept of ripple love is that it's what I teach in Catherine the Grape. Um, in that the concept is that the love it ripples from the inside out that on the inside, let us choose to ripple love, let peace be our energy. So that's why the interior work of our lives, John, is what matters is we spend, we actually have it backwards. We spend so much of our life doing the exterior work. Look at me, look at what I've acquired. Mm -hmm. Look at, look at how fabulous I look. Look, look, you know, in, in, right. Yes. Yes. But it's the interior work that 
has the power to transform our lives in the most magical ways, in the most loving, peace-giving ways. So, and the bridge of the song is, um, it only takes one of us for a movement to begin. A ripple effect starts from within. Mm. And and the concept of rippling, uh, I used to have a, before podcasts were a thing, um, I had an internet radio show called The Ripple Effect with Catherine Cloward. Oh. I own the trademark for The Ripple Effect for series. So we're, that's something that's been in development for a while. I just haven't caught a hold of it again yet. But I teach about this concept of this ripple effect in my books. Mm-hmm. This Ripple Love Song is actually the title track of the 2016 Calf on the Grape album called We're All on This Together. So it's really, we're all on this together, connected divinely. The light shining in you shines within me. We all have a choice in every moment we breathe. Let's choose to ripple love. Let peace be our energy. It's like the anthem of my, of my 11 years journey you know, for me personally, but I want that. I want, I want to be somebody who helps other people know that they are worthy, that you shine being John, that whoever's listening, that you, you shine as you are and let that come from the inside. So in order for us to be able to shine our light, to in order for us to love other people, we have to love ourselves. So often we want somebody else to love us and then we're going to be worthy of love, but it's the other way around. It's the, I love myself so much that naturally, because I love myself so much, I'm going to attract into my life people who reflect that back to me and treat me nicely, treat me well, treat me with respect. So that journey of self-love is the symbiotic back and forth. So we ripple it out, we bring it back, we ripple it out, we bring it back. But it's a choice that we make. To be kind is a choice we make. To be peace-giving is a choice we make. We create the movement within ourselves by our own choices. So... In a time where we're seeing a lot of movement, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of people called to action to change, to change what we're actually asked what is what is actually being asked of people right now is to change from the inside out. Change your perceptions, change your awareness. With more information comes more awareness. Change the choices that you make. It's your choice to choose to ripple love. It's your choice to be peace-giving. It's also your choice to sit around and gossip about people. It's, you know, oh, I'm not gossiping. I'm just having wine with my girlfriends. No, y'all are gossiping. And none of you want to be outside of the circle and be the one who's being gossiped about, right? right? Like, so it's all about our own individual choices. So can we go to bed at night proud of who we were today? And and I think it's a powerful, you know, so that that ripple love is, that ripple love from the inside of us to other people, but also just that ripple love in our own essence. You know, do you love yourself so much that you're going to follow that feel good flow that you're going to believe in yourself so much that you're going to fulfill whatever purpose that you have on this planet. Cause when we, if we all were in a position of fully loving ourselves and fully, because then if we're loving and accepting and compassionate with ourselves, we are naturally more loving and compassionate and, and understanding of other people. Right. That's the this hope. Is, this is great advice. I mean, speaking for myself, you know, a middle-aged guy and 
I going through some of my own challenges, you know, and trying to self love and and tearing yourself down from within are real things, and yes. you can be your own worst enemy at times. Um, the the advice that comes through in your songs. It's it's obviously some of this is manifested in the Catherine the Great platform, but the work you're doing on the adult level is powerful and can help us. You know, you know, as an adult, we feel all kinds of crazy emotions, crazy feelings, anxiety, depression, um, lack of of confidence or self-esteem. Your songs kind of help us find a pathway out of that. That's powerful. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I can accept that and receive that. So thank you. Um, one of my songs, I have a video. I haven't done a video in like four years I, after the last. Uh, anyways, I haven't done a video. In a, actually, I take that back in, in like three years. But one of the videos that I have on my YouTube, my Catherine Cloward YouTube channel. So if you go to CatherineCloward.com, you can see all my Catherine Cloward media. But one of the songs on there is called The Healing Road. And I wrote that song with my good friend, Rich Wiley. Um, it was on my Free to Fly album. And why we wrote the song was I've always seen it as this road. Like, um, Rich, Rich I, I credit Rich for helping me really know how to craft a song. He was patient with me. He taught me how to write. He wrote nine of the songs with me on my Free to Fly album. And then the tools he provided for me and really in self-confidence as well is what... I went on to write a lot of songs on my own. But anyways, the healing road alone, it speaks about the choice, the healing, the, it's our choice to heal. And, and the healing road, it's always there. It's always ready for us to take. It's always available for us to take. And often many of us, we have these wounds in our life that have oriented us have helped mobilize us. Mm -hmm. Some of my life's greatest wounds empowered me to action. They helped me be tough, <laughs> but no matter what, I had to heal those things. I had to heal the wounds of a little girl who felt, who was put into some dangerous circumstances, right? Not, not no one, you know, and, um, so for me, my process of transformation and of being able to sit here with authenticity and talk about what it feels like to be in the feel-good flow, part of that block that I had to remove in my own life were these imprinted beliefs and wounds that needed to be cleared away and healed in my own life. For me to have the ability to share what I share and and this concept of the healing road came to me when I was I'm bringing up Drew a few times today I haven't seen her in years but she had a real impact on my life I, I encourage anybody that going to therapy is like the best thing I've constantly had different people in my life who have helped me as mentors, as spiritual guides. But the first step I took was going to therapy. I went to therapy with Dr. Drew Bogdanoff for like 18 months. And there was something so freeing about sitting with somebody and telling them 
everything I was working through and dealing with who could help me transform because therapy isn't like a, Hey, I'm going to come in here and take, you know, a lot of times people wouldn't take a pill, right? Hey, I'm gonna take this pill. I'm not saying anything about the pharmacology, you know, world, but ultimately a lot of times it's the stuff that it's, it's like the onion, you know, it's uh, not the onion. I would rather give like the, the pumpkin metaphor, right? And Halloween, we get these pumpkins and we want to make a jack-o'-lantern out of it, right? Mm-hmm. We got to open it up and we got to pull out all that gunk that's inside of there, right? There's all that gunk that gets all over your hands and there's yeah. seeds and you got to clean it out. And then you can put a light, you can put a, a candle in there, you cut out the eyes. And then from the inside of this cleaned out pumpkin, you can draw a face on it, cut it out, and then you can shine a light from the inside. Oh my so God. So for us. I have never, ever thought of a pumpkin that way. Here that's, we are. That's unbelievable. <laughs> right. This, so that, so if you everything. use the, <laughs> yeah. So if you use the pumpkin metaphor. Yeah. For healing. Yeah. That in order for us to shine from the inside out, we got to clear out all that stuff that's yucky. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> is this, is this connecting with you? Yes. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Good. So wow. therapy for me was about clearing out that gunk. Yeah. Yeah. And discovering all the vast treasure of space mm. of my capacity yes. within to shine. Mm. So, uh, you know, not everybody can, you know, may direct their resources to therapy or whatever, but I would always encourage to, to, whether it's a therapist or a mentor, but when seeking advice from somebody that they're safe, that they hold your story safely and that, that, that you're with people who want your greatest and highest good. Mm-hmm. And um, I've thankfully brought in a lot of people like that, but I always feel like it's this road, like life, like the road is everything. You'll see the road metaphor in a lot of things I do. I draw it into my books and I share about the purposeful path because uh, one of my early meditations I ever did, I saw this road, I saw this dirt road. So I always go back to the road. And to me, it's the road, it's the wisdom road. It's the road of life that I can wander off and look over here. And I, I, but always, whenever I'm doing a shamanic journey, I'm doing any type of meditation, I often find myself on the road and it's, it's the road of life. Right. And so our, our life story is all the signposts that are on that road uh, that we create for ourselves and and that we write that story, you know? And a lot of times people want to know, like, what's three miles down the road? Yeah. I'll get on the road Yeah. if you tell me that three miles down the road, I'm going to have what I think I want to have. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, get on the road. Right. And you may manifest yes. what you think you want right now, but most likely you're going to reveal to yourself so much more yes and you're going to become full that's the path 
That's good so. advice. I mean, because, yeah, a lot of times, yeah, people are, are risk adverse. They don't want to take a leap because they don't can't see that far in front of them. What's mm-hmm. what's going to happen if I make this decision? What's going to happen if I quit my my well paid corporate job and do this um, inspirational entrepreneurial idea? What's going to happen? But sometimes you have just have to follow the light and yeah, go yes. down the right path, and then things begin to unfold. You don't know what it's going to be. You can't predict it. But if you're going. If you're following your heart, you usually land in a good spot and you surprise the hell out of yourself along the way. This is great. I agree, John. My dad used to say, um, my dad, I'm very much like my dad, but my dad, whenever I, my dad was a very wise man, very motivational. Like a lot of this self-love, self-development stuff, I, I really got from my dad uh, cause he went through his own process. You know, I, I saw that, I saw the transformation, the evolution of, of a man right in front of my eyes as the years went on. And my man, my dad, um, but he, he, he used to say to me before we talked about this last time, right? That I always have a breakdown. Be- I always have a breakdown before a breakthrough, right? Oh yeah. That was in our last October. You said that. Yeah. That <laughs> well, I literally time. had that the other day. Like I'm, I'm, I was about to do something really, really, really brave which is pretty much like I live in the brave, but like I was about to do something that's pretty brave. And it was Sunday and I was like, I don't know. And so I just was like, I'm going to watch Michelle Obama's Becoming movie or documentary. And I had a good cry. I was like, she can do it. I can do it. You know, but every before, oftentimes before I have these kind of break, breakdown, breakthrough, I used to find myself in a, I used to find myself in indecision, that paralysis of what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? Should I do it? Right. That, that space that people, a lot of us get to. And my dad used to say to me, you have to make a decision to make a decision. You got to make a decision to make a decision, Catherine. And And so I think about that every once in a while, although I don't find myself often being in the paralysis mode, like I always know what I'm going to do. I just have to gather the courage to make the call or just like completely expose my heart to everybody. But, uh, but that's for, and so if you find yourself in that place of going, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You just got to make a decision to make a decision. So you make one decision and then if that and then if that decision that you make is like, oh, that didn't work out so well, then you shift and you make a different decision. Right. So you have to make you got to move forward, you know, moving. You got to have movement. You got to make a decision. So I respect that my dad taught me that because I often think about that. Like, you know, I don't find myself in self-doubt very much. It's more about like, do I have the courage inside of me to do this thing that I know I'm supposed to do? And. I always end up, I do. <laughs> it's just a matter of what's going to happen, you know? So, yeah, sometimes we're afraid to make the wrong choice and that'll paralyze us. Where sometimes, like you said, you got to make a decision to make a decision. And if you chose wrongly, then you just ch- choose again. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. But we cook it all up in our head as some kind of crazy thing. Yeah, yeah, we can be our own worst enemy. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and what's the big deal if it is 
a step in the direction that isn't the ultimate direction. What's the big deal, right? Yeah, like, right. like, what's the worst thing that can happen? I used to always say, I mean, I still say this, so this in the beginning of my career, if, if I, if, what's the worst thing that can happen? I'm going to be right here, right? Like, <laughs> right? So if I take that chance and it doesn't happen, which I've taken many chances that didn't, come to fruition on every aspect. <laughs> but the worst case scenario is I'm right back where I am and where I am with myself isn't, so, you know, it, it's not the worst thing. Right. And right. so, so why not? Why not why try? Not? Why not try? So you unblock yourself and just try. So what's, what's next for Catherine, Catherine Cloward? What is the next thing you're going to try? Oh, um, well, well, you can't, well, you, I, I, I asked that question incorrectly because <laughs> I don't want you to tell me what you're working on. Cause you're not supposed to do that. Um, so tell me what you've already announced that's coming so that our, our listeners and viewers can learn more about you. Oh, you're sweet. Well, one thing that I'm really excited about that I haven't really spoken much about because I've been in the seeds of creativity with it is, um, I am writing um, a book for and about Father Joe. So in San Diego, oh. Father Joe Carroll is, you know, a, a local hero, and he's yeah. on, you know, he's he's a national and global hero on the front of what he's done um, for people who are experiencing homelessness, um, taking this vision and just you know being guided to to expand and expand. But his life story. Uh, is is beyond that there's just so much more to his life story how he helped with scouting and helped empower people and um and he was i was raised catholic um and so i haven't been to the catholic you know anyways i ran into him at an event i was at with my mom you know he he was um very close with my family when we were younger he was involved in boy scouts with my brother my mom my brother and my brothers and my dad and uh, my mom was his secretary when he first started um when he first got called up to do the work that he's um done with originally obviously with St. Vincent de Paul villages um my mom was the first person he worked with to help fulfill that mission and so I was just this little girl that would go to work with her mom because my mom wouldn't leave me at home and they started working where they first started working. I mean, if you go down to downtown San Diego, Father Joe's villages are everywhere and, you know, yeah. um, the thrift stores are everywhere. But it started out as the St. Vincent de Paul thrift store in downtown on the corner of Market and 16th. Yeah. Well, um, corner market. And, um, and it was a thrift store in this big warehouse. And that's where they worked. And so my mom uh, would shop for for us and the thrift store closed on her lunch break. And that's where she got me this purple outfit that all these years later really? is the Kath and the Grape signature purple outfit. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's cool. Well, listen to this. So I hadn't really like put all that, like, I, I mean, it hasn't been relevant, right? Mm -hmm. But last March, March, 2019, my mom was going to an event um, at, at Father Joe's Villages, which St. Vincent de Paul Villages became our, um, our DBA's Father Joe's Villages. Why I bring that up is my mom 
um, has donated, you know, through the years, my parents have. And then after my dad passed, I sometimes do these like plus one things with my mom. You know, she has friends that she does stuff with, but she's like, hey, Catherine, you want to go to this event that I'm going to? So I went and Father Joe was there. And, um, and I hadn't seen him since my dad's funeral. He'd come and spoke at my dad's funeral. And, um, and so I went up to him because I was like, I said to my mom, I was like, I want to get a selfie with Father Joe. Yes, yeah, I'm like yeah. a grown-up woman. I was like, I want to get a selfie with Father Joe. Right. <laughs> so she's like, go up, you know. And so I went up to him uh, and I said, can I get a, a picture with you, Father Joe? And, and then the man who was sitting next to him said, why don't you sit down? And, uh, and so I sat down next to him and then Father Joe uh, said to me, you know, Catherine, what do you do now? Like, what do you do? You know? And so I just said, I, you know, I said, I run a publishing company and I publish books and music. And, and then I told him that story. I said, well, actually, Father Joe, I said, I know your life story is expansive and you've helped so many people. But when I was a little girl and my mom worked for you, she bought me this purple outfit that I wore all the time. It was my favorite outfit. And my coach called me Catherine the Great because I wore that outfit all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, all these years later, that purple outfit is the outfit that this character, Catherine the Grape, wears that helps children feel good about themselves. So I said, that's part of your influence in, in ways helped influence that. And he was like, wow, you know, and then he's quiet for a little bit. And then he said, Catherine, I have a book I want you to write. Whoa. And uh, and that conversation first started, at, he wanted me to write because he knows I'm a storyteller. And he's like, I want you to tell the stories of good priests doing good works in the, the world. Because, you know, for a while there, all we've heard about priests are the not so great things that were happening in the, in the news. And, and I felt like he had a valid point there. And I said, okay, you know, of course, I was like, oh, I'd, love, I'd love to do what you need done. And, um, you know, because, and so he and I started meeting. And then I said, I will share that book when I will write that book, but I want to write your story first. And he's like, okay. And so, uh, that's what I'm doing. So I've already written, um, I wrote a children's book for his story. That's all done. It's ready to be published whenever we decide to do it. I wrote a song that goes along with that. And then his chapter book, um, will be, uh, is almost done. So the goal is awesome. to get all of that out by his, by his birthday in April of 20, uh, April 12th, 2021, if not sooner. So I'm really proud of this project and yeah. he and I have spent a lot of time together. He's a fun man. He's got stories, galore. He's an incredible entrepreneurial mindset, his hearts for people. Um, and you know, as a storyteller, there's so many things about who he is and the way he sees experiences the world that's inclusive and unifying. And, um, and I have the honor of, of sharing that story I with mean, him. He's a San Diego icon. Um, yeah. So what an honor to have that opportunity to write about him. You're, it's just another way you're making a mark in your world and in your community. That's a I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And talk about blocks. I, I did have a little bit of block in the beginning of the process of him because I was like, can I, this kind of feels, this is big. <laughs> like, it is big. Can yeah. I, 
can I, you know, I'm worthy of doing this. I, and I, I had to do some interior work and I'm totally transparent with him. I mean, this is how I am with him. Like, we'll just sit and chat and giggle and, you know, and he's helped. I mean, these sessions that I've had with him for months, you know, we, we used to meet um, every Friday and, some of those sessions of just hearing his life story, they triggered things in me and I'd be in tears, you know, cause I, I had some, you know, different things that I was working through that were triggered in the, in the topics that we were talking about, you know, that has nothing to do with the work that he did with the home, you know, with people who are experiencing homelessness, but just about his, the way he experiences the world, the things that he has done. And so as a storyteller, to be able to dive, to have somebody trust you to, to know these things about them, to trust you to tell you to, that you, that you can tell their story. It's a, it's a big deal, you yeah. know? So, but I feel that I've just been divinely purposed, you know, all the work that I've been doing for these years is yeah. I've learned to be my own. I learned how to be a storyteller by braving my own story. And I do that through the Catherine Cloward music and blog writing and poetry. That's actually something I can tell you that I'm doing a lot of, John. No, but this is the first time I'm actually saying this. I've been writing a crazy amount of poetry lately. Like, really? Yes. Like a few months, like, I don't know, maybe 45 days ago. I just, I just been like, and I always thought they were like, because songs are very much poetry. Well, Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will get some song. I'll get some lyrics. Usually when I get a song, I hear the lyrics and the melody at the same time. But I was getting some messages that didn't have the melody with it, which is, and then I was like, oh, I think I'm supposed to do poetry. Like I was like, this isn't a song. This is a poem. And then all of a sudden, once I realized like, oh, there's a whole collection of poetry coming through me. That's something new that's happening with me. So my point is... <laughs> is that 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 ability to be able to put feelings to words and stories to words um as as written books or as songs that that's across the board so being able to do that for michelle being able to do that for Mm. father joe Mm. i those are those hold those have uh those i hold sacred because it's it's about making sure i honor them and their story more than that's what matters to me most. So to, to have this opportunity is huge. So in the coming months, um, the, the, I'll be sharing what that project is called, what that book title is called. And um, I'm just really honored to be able to be the person who helps bring his, his story to, to fruition. Yeah. Wow. Um, this is big. That's a huge deal. So I'm, well, I'm so much to look forward to with you. I mean, Michelle Hopkins project. I mean, Father Joe. I mean, this is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you are a dynamo. You're. Oh a, you, my gosh! I need to keep you in my back pocket. Yeah. I'm like you are a dynamo. Like yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I'm. I'm feeling good about me. Good. I'm feeling good about myself just because I'm in your presence. Although we're on Zoom, but uh, um, that makes me feel good. Well, that's the energy, right? Like, yes. I mean, I definitely. I very rarely exist in like negative space. I just don't. I see even like the har, the harshest, 
lessons I live through. I always extract what the lesson is for myself. What it, why did this happen? Why did, why did I, why did this, why, what was I meant to learn from this? What we tend to do in life is we get wrapped up in what the drama of something is. We get wrapped up in the story. We get wrapped up in our perception of the story, right? Mm -hmm. But what really matters is what do we learn about ourselves in that experience, in that Mm -hmm. circumstance? Because we will keep repeating the same scenarios in our life until we learn the lesson. We just bring that kind of that same scenario over and over Mm -hmm. with different people. I call it like, uh, like I'm a metaphor person. Like I see everything in pictures. So like, I see it as like, this is, this is my Catherine Cloward life stage. My life is a stage, right? Like this is my own show, right? And I, and so every single circumstance is like a scene in that show, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes we give people starring roles in our production where they really should just have walk on and walk off parts, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. Or let's say different signposts of, of our life path. You know, let's say like my, that we're going, okay, I wrote, I want to learn, I'm going to learn this lesson, but I didn't learn it. Right. So the next thing, you know, I have another person that comes in that I eventually have the exact same scenario happen or the similar scenario happen just with a different person. And I was like, haven't I lived this before? I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just hadn't learned the lesson yet, right? Ah, yes. So some of my greatest lessons have come in worthiness of, um, you know, of of claiming, of of going like, yeah, I created that. I did that. It's mine. You know, I, I, and and I've had to do a lot of reclaiming lately of kind of going. No, I'm taking that back. And not that I ever gave it away. I just let someone use it. (laughs) It was like, that's mine, you know? And so, and that's all about self-love there. So, um, yeah, I don't know where, but it's a life. It's a our whole life is this, like, it's kind of this production, right? So what do you want on the stage? Who do you want on the stage with you? Who do you, you know, who do you want to be? What are the, what are the things that you want other people to experience of you? And most specifically, what do you want to experience of yourself? So I am big energy. Like, I'm like, this is who I am. Like, there's no divide. You know, there's no, like, I don't play a part. I literally am like, here I am, you know? <laughs> but but my big passionate energy does is like on all, it's everywhere. So uh, when I feel injustice, I'm big passionate energy to get what's fair. Right. And that big passionate energy is what fuels, you know, my love and my heartache, which fuels some fabulous Mm -hmm. (laughs) songwriting, you know, but also I just feel this tremendous um, energy to fulfill a purpose that was put on my heart. And I think if you if I can go here with you and your people is that. I feel that the greatest relationship that I have, you know, besides myself and my son is the relationship that I have with, I say with God, with spirit that, that I feel like I have this whole, like, 
I've never really probably talked this way with you before, but like this whole, like kind of like just all my ancestors and my angels that are around me that are like rooting me on. Yeah. Catherine, we, you know, and that not just rooting me on, but kind of going here. And it's not just that kind of, I mean, the Maggie, the magical butterfly character in my Catherine Grape series is the angelic symbol of my grandmother. Who's just mm. like constantly like loving on me. I feel that. I don't feel like there is a divide. It's not some far off place. It's just this, there's a thin veil between the dimension and that are the people we love are always with us. So if they work really, really hard, if I, if, if, if they're, if the flow that's coming to me, I want to, I want to honor that and accept that and receive that and create and then get it out into the world to help people. That's, that's how I experience everything. So even in relationship with business, if somebody doesn't get this aspect of me or has a completely different intention, I feel it, I know it, and I don't work with them. That's right. just, you know, I can be a pretty firm line drawer there. You know, if I feel good working with you, we're going to work together. If I don't feel good working with you, we're not going to work together. You know, I feel. <laughs> Catherine, how can people get a hold of you? What's the best way they can reach you? Um, well, I... My website is katherinecloward.com. So mm-hmm. I spell my name K-A-T-H-R-Y-N. Cloward is like Howard with a C-L. So that's my website. I spend, if on social media, I've just pared down social media. John, I have to tell you, I just deactivated. This is a big move for me. I just deactivated my Catherine Cloward Twitter account the other day. I was done wow. with it. I didn't want to do with it anymore. I was like, I'm not actively on Twitter. This probably goes against every single business coaching philosophy that's across the board. But I was like, I don't use it. I don't want to use it. I'm deactivating it. <laughs> All right. So I'm simplifying. I, I'm a very simple woman mm-hmm. and uh, with big passion. But I was like, you know what? I mean, I simplify life lessons into songs and books. And But I realized I was spread too thin in certain areas. So uh, I am on Instagram at Catherine Cloward. And I'm also on Facebook. So um, at Catherine Cloward. So, you know, I you can find me there. And um, I message back. So, um, you know, I... Can you hear that? I live in like urban suburban. So um, that's where you can reach me. And so, and I'd love for you to listen to my music and um, on Spotify or Apple or YouTube. And perhaps my music will help, you know, you have some clarity or, or inspiration and, or not. So. I, I think what you're doing is wonderful. I mean, not only is the, the message that you're sharing so powerful, but I just love the way you go about your business, um, the way that you've you have that congruence in your life. Um, it's very, very special. And so keep going. Um, be the dynamo that you are and keep producing more and more content because we need more of it. Thank you. John, you just said, keep, you know, my dad used to always say, keep going, Catherine. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. You're doing it. And you just said that. So I just want to say thank you. Yeah. I think well, we all want to to hear that, right? Is, you know, yes. you keep going too. Yes. That we That we can be lights for each other, yes. right? Very much for so. For you to succeed in what is the next, you know, for you to achieve whatever desired result that you are, you know, you're achieving here and here and here and here that I want that. I want everyone to have that, you know, and I want 
you know, anybody who's ever worked with me, especially even in music is like, I want everyone's dreams to come true, whether that's mm. with me or with, on your own. Like right. I've, I've said that across the board, you know, that's been my intention across the board, but I'm also going to move my own train forward, you know? Mm. And, um, and so there's plenty for all of us. You know, we, we, if we get caught into the lack, the, the consciousness of lack, the consciousness of fear, that's where we get wrapped up in mm. anxiety and depression mm. and yes. worry. And we, we can shift that when we focus in on what is good and what, you know, and then having gratitude for what is, you know, I didn't learn. I, one of my books is called Catherine the Grapes, Grateful Garden. And I have a Grateful Garden of Love song. And I didn't, I wasn't able to write that song until I really learned, I wasn't able to write that book. I wasn't able to write that message until I really learned what gratitude, the feeling of gratitude and the feeling of gratitude for me, for me was learned when so much was stripped away Mm. and I rested in this place of thankfulness and gratitude in the most challenging, depleted season of my life. I didn't learn the seeds of gratitude when I was at the top of the mountain. I learned about gratitude that I could, that I, when I was at the bottom and then I needed to climb, that I was just embarking on my journey. And we all learn our lessons differently. And that's how it was for me. So I appreciate you saying, keep going. I say it to you, to anybody listening. And this is how I talk in like real life. (laughs) So I write. So, you know, I just want to keep percolating and keep writing and keep hiking in my own life. And hopefully you do too. I well th- yes yeah this, uh, I just love this discussion. I just want to take a, a crazy tangent. You said keep percolating. Sometimes I'll make a comment like I want to percolate on that. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's a relevant, you know, uh, metaphor these days. Is it? I know. Do coffee, well, do coffee pots percolate still. I don't. Yeah, know. I actually use that. I used to say that as well, but I probably haven't said it as much. I used to say it all the time, but um, you know what? It's only relevant. If it's relevant to you. True. So yeah. if it's what resonates with you, if you say, I'm percolating on that and that feels good to you, then use it. Who cares what anybody else is using, right? You, you know what you say that resonates with me? What? Is you like to say the word rad. I, mean, I do. <laughs> I'm like transformed to like 1981. And, and back in when I was racing BMX bikes and <laughs> that was a big time vibe and that word was like everything i'm so so stuck in the 80s and i um okay for reals like this thursday my girlfriends and i were supposed to go see the go-go's like tour that was starting here in san diego and Mm -hmm. i was like belinda carlisle wannabe when i was growing up oh yeah but I'm super stuck in the 80s. And I still say, like, all my friends who've known me forever, because I'm from San Diego, so I just, you know, they, but I still say, oh, yo. Like, <laughs> I, so much of my language is, like, kind of caught in this, you know, formative years of my life. But I'm like, yeah, like, 
I think that's, you know, when I give speeches, you know, I used to, I used to do a ton of public speaking in the business sector and I had to kind of turn all that off so that I could focus on my creative endeavors. But it's kind of what's coming back a lot. Like I have the energy flow for it, but I literally talk like this in a business setting of a speech. That's good. (laughs) and I'm like, I'm just Catherine. And yes. I, I don't need to morph my. I used to be like, I got to put on my business suit and talk business. <laughs> but that's like, so not me. And yeah, yeah. I don't need to be that, you know? And so I think that whatever language, however we are able to translate ourselves, you know, most authentically through our words, you know, what's inside comes out. Let it flow, let it go. You do you. Um, All right. Yeah. Follow the flow. Trust and surrender to the flow. Um, That's right. I'm taking my notes as we're going through. Catherine, this has been a pleasure. I really enjoyed this. John, thanks so much. And thanks for having this. You know, the um, it does take, I understand and resonate. I understand the amount of energy it takes to do what you do and to have a show like this and your platform's amazing. It's helpful. And hopefully your mind is ever expanding on how you can help more and more people with John Riley mm-hmm. Project. And, you know, I'm thankful for the opportunity to share and just talk. And so um, thank you. All right. Thanks, Catherine. Okay. Bye. Bye. 